0: Yes. <sighs> Kip hasn't done flipping anything today. Look,
1: tonight me and your... Kip, listen! What? Tonight me and your aunt are gonna go visit some friends and we're not gonna be back till tomorrow. We're getting a little low on steak, so I got Lyle coming over tomorrow to take care of it.
0: Well, what's there to eat? Know, get off,
1: Napoleon. Make yourself a dang quesadilla.
0: Fine. I'll be back tomorrow.
2: See you're drinking 1%. Is that because you think you're fat? Because you're not. You could totally be drinking whole spoilers if you wanted to.
3: Hey, <laughs> Let's go. This
2: is Spoiler. This is Napoleon Dynamite Spoilers. That was a good one. I chuckled. Thanks for chuckling, y'all. This is Josh from Goshen, and this is a very special Patreon request from Our Patreon friend, Becky. Yeah, Becky. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
2: We thought she chose Wayne's World at first, but actually it was Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, so excited. (laughs) I feel like there's some mixed reviews about that switcheroo, but let's dive right into the opening question. We're going to cover the plot of Napoleon Dynamite in just a little bit, but I want to introduce you to my friends. And to do that, we'll have an opening question. And guys, we'll go... From Eastest to Westerostest, because I know Kylo's having some trouble with this question. But Brett, you're going to start us off. You're the most Eastest out in Fort Wayne. And the question is... Did your mom go to college? What? <laughs> Just joking. That You can answer that question if you want, <laughs>
0: but... Your mom went to college?
2: The actual question sent in from Becky was, what is your most embarrassing high school moment.
5: Okay, this is uh, Brett. Yes, my mom went to college. She has a a degree from Purdue and a master's from someplace. My most embarrassing moment, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of mostly little embarrassing things because I'm like socially. My most embarrassing moment, I was on uh, the newspaper staff and I had never been on it. I got in my senior year and I got my own column, a sports column. And I didn't, I didn't love the name, but um, it was called BK Talks, Mm. you know. And each issue I would talk about, by the way, my voice is just all of a sudden going, so bear with me. Um, So, you know, most of the time it went off really well. I enjoyed writing it. People would come up to the hallways, best friend Drew, like hate, like, talking to him in college he freaking hated he hated my column hated it um but that's he's kind of a d-bag so um um so one time famously yeah.
2: i wrote
3: a column on college interesting football.
2: you say that true best friends status has revealed he might be coming up again in a little bit we'll see
5: <laughs> nice um i wrote a column about college football and my publisher who didn't the editor or whatever, she wrote VK talks pro football. And it was just like a like the longest day of people coming up. Hey Brett, did you know that uh, it says pro football? You're talking about basketball? yeah, I noticed. I noticed <laughs> at 7 30 this morning when I got here. Oh man. And she like tried to blame me and I was so mad. Like it wasn't like the end of the world, but
6: Real quick, Brett. I'm sorry to interrupt your story. I love it so far. But for those that don't know Brett very well, like those are the kind of details that if anyone's gonna
2: notice, it's Brett. <laughs> right. Yes, <laughs> it's a minor detail, right? College to pro. Is there much of a discrepancy there? Or? Uh,
5: yeah. The whole article was about something else. It was it was brutal. You know what? Actually, you know what? Actually, I think it was college basketball. And she said pro. But either way, it was one of those, and it was just bad. I was so disappointed.
3: I just think it's interesting that Brett hates journo's so much, and he used to be one. I know. Back I,
7: in the day. I was that. I like the, to... the origin story of Brett's hatred for journo's <laughs> was like the no, mistake on the column, and that's what no, like no, no. started I actually, it all.
5: I applied to one college and one college only, and it was Indiana, and I was going to go be a journalist. Damn! And on my way down for on the way down for orientation, my mom said you don't want to be a journalist. They're poor. Why don't you be a psychologist? I said, okay. And then I failed my first psychology class. And I was like, "Eh, I don't think this is for me.
2: From the man that hates journos, but loves (laughs) rulers. I do
5: hate journos. I've hated them.
2: I've hated them for a long time. Let's keep going east to west. (laughs) Who's next? Is it Pappy up there in uh, Portage? Portage? Kalamazoo?
3: Kalamazoo? Yeah. We say Kalamazoo like the Primus song. This is Pappy. Um, (laughs) this is a bru- Brett is just dying over there what is happening what sound is so happening du- dude you sounded so dulcet <laughs> a second ago and all of a sudden taking Alka-Seltzer this is a pretty brutal question Becky this is pretty uh, you're getting your money's worth on this one um, I tried to think real hard uh, the most embarrassing story I can probably remember is I ran high school cross country and they have really short shorts right and they were very strict about you couldn't have any part of your underwear showing. And so normally you'd wear like briefs or whatever, but one day I forgot and wore boxers on the day of a race, oh. so I had to run free ballin', like the Tom Petty song.
5: Your nutsack was showing.
3: Oh, dude, everything was showing. Clearly. <laughs> it's like all sweaty and wet, like every, every part of me. Tom Petty free ballin'. Right? not great and it's like you it's a mixed copy yeah right there's boys and girls cross country too it's the same thing so it's not it's like parents it's grandparents peers and listen like it's very Costanza I was in the pool esque when you're running across country so it's not my most hey. flattering <laughs> angle either so
5: like wrestling
3: it sucked and I ran really really slow that day <laughs>
6: God damn, you guys are killing it.
2: <laughs> best story ever, dude.
6: I knew Pappy's would be good, man. This is a man that is not afraid to admit to some really embarrassing
2: shit. Like I said, Becky,
3: brutal question, but I love it. Getting to know us. Let's
2: hop over to your high school best friend. Stevie, I know you got something for us, right?
3: Well,
7: I was kind of low key in high school. Okay, oh yeah, I remember this. This isn't like even that embarrassing. It was just kind of awkward and it kind of dragged on for, like, an hour. But long story short, what? yeah, so, like, I was in um, Singers, which is, like, Glee, but pre-Glee, where you do, like, all the dancing and singing and shit.
6: Yeah, because all the... Damn, that was embarrassing. All, Thanks, all the athletes yeah. were, man.
7: Like, every athlete was in Singers. So, on there was, like, I, one I day that we had to, like, go to an old folks' home. And like sing for like these like old senile people and like get on a stage and like try wow. to sing and stuff. What? They were old. I, I wasn't Happy's saying anything mean. They were old and senile. Stevie uh, hates old people. Got it.
2: Um, Doesn't mean they're mm. senile just because they're in a nursing home.
4: Oh.
6: oh. This crowd was, Josh. Okay. <laughs> the checked each, each, each and every
2: one of them for <laughs> I, senility. Yeah,
0: <laughs> He <laughs> was in C-Wing. <laughs>
3: You're performing at the Senile Wing today, kids. Good luck.
7: <laughs> but leg. we had to uh, we had to wear a specific shirt uh, there, and I totally spaced to wear that shirt, and I was like the only one in front of all these people that was not wearing that shirt, and <laughs> <It> had numerous. <laughs> I had people come out to me afterwards, and also my choir teacher just glaring at me the entire time. What Do shirt I...
3: did you have on? Do you remember?
7: The singers' shirts were bright green, and said "Concord Singers 2009." And my was like a gray two-button, just standard <laughs> polo. Like it was, it was not a great look. You told me
5: you're like the manager.
7: Yeah, I had, I had people asking afterwards if I was like a part of it, or you know if I was in singers. It was kind of weird.
3: You should have taken a solo, like stepped in front of everybody, like you're dressing differently to stand out.
7: Can I tell a quick story without yeah, naming long names? One. Tell long one. So I may have changed the course of this guy's life in singers. Um, uh We like we had solos in this in this choir group. And this dude thought he was Josh Groban. And he wanted to be Josh Groban. He sang very pitchy, though. Anyway, our lead soloist was out sick one night, and our choir teacher named the alternate behind the guy who thought he was Josh Groban. And I stood up and said, no, no, no. He is the alternate. He should do the solo. And I was backing this man hard. And that night, in front of a full packed house, and uh, the uh, what was it, the bikeman? Beekman. Yeah, this man forgot every single word to that solo and froze, oh, no. and just stared. Stevie. <laughs> and it broke my heart in half because I just thought about it, like because he wasn't saying anything, like when he got passed over. And I raised hell saying, no, no, no. He's the alternate. Was and, he a good singer? No, but oh. I felt like he should get a shot, you know? Stevie, that, that kid killed himself.
3: I no, he didn't. He didn't. I, his name's Quentin <laughs> and he owes me a hundred
2: bucks for a man <laughs> high school.
3: Pay up. Pay what you owe.
2: <laughs> Become a Patreon. Maybe you could yeah. pay him that way. Oh. That'd be fine.
7: Sorry, Quentin.
2: Real sorry.
3: I'm not. Pay what you owe, bitch.
2: This is Josh from Goshen. I think I'm next in line. And even though I'm host, I'll still take a turn, tell my most embarrassing one. I like I think maybe with a couple more days we could have all come up with other stories because there's just so much this
6: could have been episode four (laughs) fifty right here.
2: You guys are focusing on some big moments with crowds, and there was one for me. I was like in a high school band. Like you were in band? no i was in a band in high oh. school what was, know, what was the name of the band what's the name of the band it's called fairmont, fairmont. And mm. we're an acoustic band but we sung that hive song and i oh, was like yeah. volunteered to sing that and it was very high pitched and embarrassing there was a tape that, that existed <laughs> at one point and i destroyed that sorry Drew. yeah no. No. But, no no hold on a second you owe me an apology Whatever. Anyway, so
7: why? Why is he you an I, apology?
5: Because his friend, our friend Joel, brought it down and we watched it, and then he snuck into my room and I was it. Everyone there. had Josh a great
2: laugh. Everyone had a great it. fucking laugh about and it. And
5: then uh, gaslighted me and made me act like I lost it. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Josh, Josh, that is
5: diabolical.
3: That's the most
2: Josh story of I all time. I lost a friend's tape. That's horrible. It's fine. <laughs> But I think what we should be focusing on, like the true embarrassing... Oh no, Brett
7: lost it. How could he lose it?
2: (laughs) The true embarrassing things, I think, are more like small moments. And those take longer to think about, but they're more painful when you start soaking them in. (laughs) And I remembered one. Uh, I believe it was the summer right before my senior year, Brett. You'll love this. There was a... uh, I don't want to name her, but let's say her name was E Oh boy. <laughs> oh Is that boy. bad? Let's say her name let's say her name was Josh. So <laughs> We were like boyfriend and girlfriend for a little bit in junior high. And she had broken up with me. And then out of the blue, I got this like AOL instant message from her. And she was like, hey, you should come to my cousin's. Hockey game with me. And I was like, oh, she's finally come to her senses. Three (laughs) three years later. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And so she shows up and picks me up at 6:30 or whatever. And I go to like get in the passenger seat. But no, someone's in there, guys. Someone's already in the passenger seat. Oh no. It's best friend Drew.
5: Oh, Rock blocking,
2: classic. He, uh, he kind of dated her for the on and off for the next like years. So, so brutal. I almost just like wanted to get out of the car right away, but I was like, "How
7: did you not jump out of the car,
2: <laughs> dude?" Her cousin wasn't even good at hockey. It was terrible. <laughs> I hate hockey. What was her play? She invited two guys to the game. Yeah, right. That's she bad. Wasn't very smart. Two she friends very smart. enter. God. jeez, that was bad. Come on, you're better than that. Anyway, let's keep going all (laughs) the way out to California. (laughs) Oh, boy. Good stories, guys.
6: This is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. I don't like this question at all. I mean, Becky, you're all right in my book, but, (laughs) ah, man. See, it's really hard for me to come up with an answer to this question that doesn't involve the threat of violence or actual violence. Damn. I'm trying to set those stories aside. I don't want to be that guy. Did you ever like pop a boner
3: at a weird time or something?
6: I also don't want to bring up anything sexual. (laughs) A lot of rules. (laughs) A lot of rules, right? (laughs) Uh, I talked about when I was in the band Gimli Sack in high school, in 11th and 12th grade, (laughs) and we did that. Performance for the school. We played during school hours. We did a concert of like six songs. You were bad, and right? And we were awful. Out of tune. <laughs> I already told another story on that one. Yeah. One of the songs I was not in the right tuning. So it just didn't work at all. Pretty lame. In 12th grade, that's when I started to like really go into like my counterculture kind of mode. Like oh, everyone yeah. kind of went through that in a different way. You know, like I was never into emo, although emo was emerging that year in 2004. Uh, I was into like the grunge fashion scene, even though it was like-
5: You went from Mandy Moore to grunge? Yeah,
6: I did. Mm. Even though it was like long since dead, like that was really my style, especially in 12th grade. And I was uh, very like, you know, anti-school for one, but just like any kind of like extracurricular activities. I thought that was like really like beneath me and stuff like that. But they were doing the homecoming thing at the beginning of 12th grade. And I started to see posters advertising me to be voted as Whoa. homecoming king. What uh,
5: I would, would freaking hate that so much.
6: And I was very much not into that vibe. And I figured it wouldn't go anywhere. And, I, and to this day, I don't know who the fuck made it <gasps> It definitely was not my circle of friends. So when it came time there's four guys and four girls that are on what's called homecoming court. Yeah. I was voted to be one of the four guys on homecoming court, which means I had to go to the homecoming game Uh. and I had to be kind of dressed up and walk out onto the field with one of the girls that was voted for homecoming court as well. So I didn't like that at all. So my plan was to not do it. And the girl that i was supposed to walk up with like we were gonna like everyone was like meeting up i don't remember exactly how but to like plan like how you do it like the rehearsal of that and i i told her i was like yeah i'm actually not gonna come like i'm not into any of this kind of shit i don't know why the fuck i'm here like i'm not the kind of person that should be doing this i'm not like preppy or an athlete i don't like any of this shit and uh, she burst into tears oh. And I was um, very guilty and I was guilted into doing it. It physically hurt me the whole time to participate in such an event that I was not into.
5: Did you pop the boner?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I just had one anyway. I would've had one. Like it had nothing to do with this event. So I didn't want to participate in that, but looking back on it, like it's really not a big deal, you know? As a man in my 30s, like, who cares? Just go do it, whatever. Wave to the crowd and then leave. Like, I I don't have to like it. It's just a thing for other people. So to me, it was embarrassing at the time. But looking back, it's not so bad. I also planned to, like, fall on the way to, like, the uh, (laughs) the football field. That sounds (laughs) awful. I thought it would be funny if I, like, fell but I didn't actually go through with that because the girl, like I said, she had already burst into (laughs) tears once. (laughs) Traumatized (laughs) that girl. Corey,
5: did you you hit that?
2: No. (laughs) I did not. Jeez, Corey's a real Christ-like character in this situation, doing it for everyone but himself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
6: Let's stop that. I did it because she was crying, and I didn't want her to do that anymore. He made her cry, guys. He made her cry.
2: Someone voted him in against his will. Like, he didn't do that. Multiple
6: people, presumably, Josh.
2: <laughs> he got more than one vote. <laughs> Are you guys ready to talk about Napoleon Dynamite? I, th- I do think Becky got her money's worth on this opening question. That was a good one. Yeah. Fall is here. Hear the yell. Back to school. Ring the bell. Brand the shoes. Walking blues, climb the fence, books and
1: pens I can tell that we are gonna
7: be I think friends. what I
2: want to start with, it's Stevie, do you mind if I kick it to you? The opening friends. sequence with the credits is pretty unique, right?
6: I love it. You want to know why? Yeah. Because you like Wes Anderson movies? Jack White?
7: Well, I do love Jack White. I mean, I do have a few White Stripe uh, vinyls, but... You they see eat all those foods. You see all these foods and they don't look that appeasing besides the burger at the end. But no one is no one's chewing. And that's just so pleasant <laughs> to see. Not a soul eating. And it's so nice just to see like, oh, that's cool. They made it out of that. Oh, Denethor would have cleaned that shit up. Oh my know? god, if there were tomatoes on there, it'd been a fucking mess.
0: Cherry <laughs> <laughs> like, tomatoes.
7: Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's kind of a cool way of thinking about. It. Imagine Denethor like just having that tomato juice dripping on a plate, and it spells like John Heater or Jared Hess. That'd he's drinking kind of
3: cool. the. He's drinking the jar of eggs <laughs> that are sitting out from the farmer. <laughs> oh, I,
7: I forgot about that. That's so gross. But I do like think that these opening credits do set a really good tone for the movie. That you know immediately that it's, okay, this is gonna be a quirky film, and I do like that about the credits.
3: I, I was thinking about this too, Stevie, because like we've brought up multiple times now that it's so important to feel like you're in good hands, yes. and with a movie this like fucking weird, the fact that there's like these opening credits are like of such a good quality and like original and cool, it, it goes a long way into buying into these movie, this movie and these weird ass characters.
7: Well, not just that, but also like the color palette of the film too is pretty much yeah. represented in all the foods and like the different shag carpets that are very outdated.
1: I can tell that we are gonna be friends.
4: Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends.
2: I had a little bit of a of a gripe with this. Every time they move a plate No chewing. Anytime they move a plate from like to or from scene. It has like this noise, like a plate is on a marble surface, but it's like almost all carpet. So it was like driving me nuts that the plate was like, (laughs) but it's like, no, it's carpet. (laughs) Pappy, I, I think Stevie hit on something really important there. Just like tonal vibes sort of thing with napoleon dynamite there's not huge plot in this movie but can you get us into the initial vibes yeah
3: i you're talking about the tone and the vibe one of the top reviews on letterboxd is this movie feels like being in a goodwill and i feel like that's very (laughs) very apt um it's so it's set in idaho i don't think that's it might be like not explicitly stated, but I think there's a couple like FFA is. jackets that have Idaho on them. Or so, oh, the gem state or whatever. You're an embarrassment to the gem state.
5: <laughs> the very beginning is uh, ID card says Idaho.
3: Okay. Yeah. So, it's a very rural setting. There's not a lot going on. And in a lot of ways, I don't know, it's a very classic high school movie. But the twist is, is that the main character is the weirdest guy in your high school class, <laughs> right? And his name is Napoleon Dynamite. I think it's interesting too josh because like you would think that they would make napoleon dynamite just this like pure character right yeah, he's but he's a, also he's
5: a rage monster
3: yeah he, he gets really mad and he lies a lot too you know what i mean like about his like summer vacation it's like one of my favorite parts where he's talking about shooting wolverines in alaska or whatever like freaking 12 gauge what do you think he's a flawed character
2: I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Can we work together to kind of create a portrait of Napoleon Dynamite here at the top of the pod? Because I think it's really important to note he's not weird and naive and like innocent all the time. He really takes action and sometimes he's wrong and dumb, right?
7: (laughs) He can be proactive, sure.
6: (laughs) Sometimes he is wrong and
0: dumb.
7: there,
2: I look
3: at the, oh, oh, oh. This the guy who played him, John Heder, mm-hmm. he didn't really do a lot else, he did the movie Blades of Glory, but I mean... Great
0: movie, this great movie.
3: Perf- this performance is freaking iconic, like, I don't know, you went to paint a picture, Josh, like, he's a tall awkward looking person <laughs> you know what i mean to begin with and the the giant moon boots that he's wearing doesn't help and he's always dressed in the most ridiculous like pegasus shirt or something he's very into fantasy he's kind of like you he's a loch ness monster bigfoot believer <laughs>
2: okay i'm <And> tall <laughs> there's a scene at the beginning where he's got like they're just like shooting him from the road standing by the house and he's got like a spider web kind of waving in his hair Yeah, Yeah, he does. I I think that just says a lot right up front about him. You know, (laughs) It does
6: say a lot, Josh. When this movie came out, well, the same year as my story, I think, 2004, I was in high school. School was ending, though. And I had heard a lot about this movie just from the hype, but not what it was actually about, just that it's really funny. And I went to go see this movie in theaters with my best friend, co-founder of Gimli Sack, It was us and like two other people in the theater, pretty empty theater at the end of its theatrical run. And from that very opening scene, Josh, I was laughing hysterically. (laughs) Like I thought this was the funniest shit I had ever seen in my fucking life. So different. It was so cool and unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect at all because, you know, people say it's funny. To me, I think there's going to be jokes. I think it's going to be like old school which was kind of like the style of comedy at the time or like an American Pie kind of movie, right? We're talking like early to mid 2000s here. So that's really what the the, the comedy genre was. But this is just a PG movie and it doesn't have a lot of plot involved and it's just, I don't know, slice of life with these with this family of fucking autists, I guess (laughs) is what they are, right? (laughs) Oh my
2: gosh.
3: It reminds me of American Movie. In a lot of ways right like it's a very similar vibe like similar like you're kind of laughing at or you know mostly at the characters not with them like and they even mentioned american movie in the making of and i was like oh yeah i can get that vibe
0: and i always used to get like pissed off inside because i would want to party really heavy and no one else would you know and then all of a sudden mark came over and um either i had a bottle of vodka or he had a bottle of vodka but anyway we were drinking vodka and i was i was so happy that i found someone who would drink vodka with me you know so um and then mark would drink vodka with me all the time we'd we'd uh you know i'd go over there all the time and we'd buy a fifth of vodka and we'd share it you know and uh that really made me happy
2: that's what happens man i don't think we did a very good character portrait of napoleon no i let's go around really quick I'll go first but then after that we'll go east to east just name a character trait of Napoleon Dynamite so for example I will go first sometimes Napoleon um, if he has a food or a drink he'll be talking normally and then he'll take like a really fucking quick sip or bite (laughs) and then put it back as if normal but then like his hand will just like whip to his face to take a quick drink of Gatorade so weird.
5: All right. So I'm up. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, I said, we kind of said it earlier, he's, he's got a really short fuse. Like, he's like a rage monster. And it's so funny. Those are like my favorite parts of the movie. What? Do you, how was your day? What do you think? Worst day of my life. <laughs> There's absolutely zero reason for him to blow up like that. But, or like, the, maybe my chapstick did my lip freaking hurt. I mean, like, it's just. But he could be so like rage one minute and then super calm the next minute. I love and every time he yells at Uncle
0: Rico. Get off my property! Or I'll call the cops on you. Pappy,
2: what you got?
3: I just yeah, I want to stick to his like attire. Like he does have some pretty cool t-shirts throughout the movie, but he wears his jeans. I think he's almost always in jeans, like boots. t-shirt t-shirt tucked in, jeans like up to his belly button, and then like giant moon boots, which were. <laughs> He just, like, borrowed it from, like, I think it was, like, wife's aunt or something, like, John Heder, like, heater, whatever. uh Like, those weren't even, like, a prop. He just, like, brought those in on his own. So.
2: <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite is a colorful character. Stevie, I'm sure you got more, right?
3: I think Napoleon,
7: deep down, longs to be normal. But he goes about it in such an unconventional way that it just makes him so unique. So, I... Like enjoy that about Napoleon, like, you know, making friends, doing a talent show, trying to oppress a girl. It's like all these normal things that like you know, high school kids long to do, but he just does it in such awkward ways that it makes it hilarious.
2: Your last one, Corey.
6: Napoleon dynamite is a man that has his mouth open at all times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And his eyes are squinted yet staring (laughs) off deep beyond you. If you're looking at him, he's looking through you, not into your soul, but behind you. He's trying to see what's behind you. And he is in a constant state of being incredulous. He is in disbelief of the world around him yeah. because they are all wrong. And mm-hmm. he is right. He's really good with the bow staff. I forgot to mention that. Yes.
2: He thinks he's one of the top. 10 or so people in the school with the bow staff for whatever that's oh, yeah. worth. He is what you might call a compulsive
6: liar as yep. well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> One thing that I think is really interesting is Sandy Martin. She plays the character grandma in this movie. <laughs> Mrs. Mac. Mrs. Mack. Yeah. What,
0: what do you, you think want? about that?
2: What do you think about that <laughs> plot point of Napoleon Dynamite's grandma kind of being his guardian? Her set her up as a matriarch, I guess, for what it's You're worth. you not right, the matriarch.
1: <laughs> How was school?
0: Worst day of my life. What do you think?
1: Well, I want you to go see if Tina wants some of this.
7: <sighs> Kipling and Napoleon are like <laughs> two people that just fell onto grandma's lap one day that she wanted absolutely no part of uh, Yeah. Like that's the vibe I got, which is like, you know, I never wanted to raise you kids, but here we are and I'm going to go out and do it. The hell I want. You guys are almost grown. Cool. And it just, I don't know. I always felt bad about like the home situation for Kip and Napoleon. It's actually kind of sad.
5: I love when he goes, you don't need to watch this. Kip's like 32 years old. Yeah,
2: Yeah, like, what the (laughs) fuck? Is it sad? I feel like it's sad for Napoleon, but was it sad for Kip, too? Or is this just like...
3: He's making his grandma pay for the internet by the minute. (laughs) Uncle Rico would have thrown him out by then.
2: He's talking to hot babes all day. Okay, that brings up another question. These brothers are 15 years
6: apart. It's insane. (laughs) 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 This movie does not take place in two thousand four, right? This is like nineteen ninety eight. It's gotta be. That's the joke.
5: Yeah, it's it's definitely everything's like eighties, but like there's nineties stuff. Like it's like it's like it's like
7: uh, Pawnee, Indiana. Like they're so behind the times, even though it's current day.
5: Yeah, I mean their fashions eighties, the music's eighties. Some of the
6: house is designed like a 70s home with wood paneling, you know, on the walls and like the old style furniture. But that was the case, you know, a lot for a lot of grandmas, Mm -hmm. right? They had all the old style furniture. I know that was the case for my grandma. But I just mean like this was at a time when like people were starting to get like cell phones more and more. And I don't think you see a single one in the movie, but maybe it's like you guys said, like this area of Idaho, like they're not with that yet.
7: I think that's a director's choice personally yeah like pap and i talk about this all the time we were very very like anti-cell phone in movies it just it ruins it for me at least
6: mm-hmm. but this is at a time when that may not have been the case right mm-hmm. smartphones were not yet a thing
3: it's kind of like one of those movies where it's just going to be like always in the past a little bit like even in 2004 it, to your Point Corey, like maybe it's just because it's in Idaho, but it did feel like the past. But the technology is a big part of it. Like that's what Kip's doing all day is being on the computer.
6: Yeah, but he's, he's doing like uh, he's doing it in like an old style way, right? Like the, <laughs> just like the internet bill yeah. by the minute, yeah. and like you can tell his
2: computer looks pretty fucking I'm old. Trouble yeah.
6: Can you say that again?
2: Wait, what was that? Sorry. That's okay. What is that fucking noise?
3: That's my speaker. My speaker went off. <laughs>
2: what, the fuck? what was
3: she who should be I don't know.
6: Was that like no. a Pornhub ad? Like local locals in your area? <laughs> <hero. laughs> it's Amazon, right? Yeah. Just two two miles away. In.
2: Oh my God. Sorry. But one thing I will say, Pappy, is you've always had, from the very beginning of spoilers, this little adage that if you don't have a huge budget as a movie, use your surroundings well. Oh, yeah. But I think Napoleon Dynamite is weirdly at the top of that list. Like it's Mm -hmm. the middle of nowhere, Idaho, but this—it's a beautiful movie.
3: Yeah, even the so the inside of the high school is great too. Like with the the lockers, it looks like something out of the seventies, but just like the the bright. patterns on the lockers. And you were talking about the small budget, so I was watching The Making Of and they're shooting that scene where the bully has the other kid in the headlock, you know what I mean? And Napoleon goes up to him afterwards and says, Pedro offers you his protection. Um, They're like, it's too bright in here, we got to like block out these lights. And so they go to the director and he's like, well, how much is that going to cost? And they're like, three or four hundred dollars. And he's like, what's our other option? And like, well, we could use trash bags. And so they use trash bags to like block out the lights. This is like on such a shoestring budget, but it feels like some like a movie, Josh, like from someone who grew up in this kind of area, right? Like even like the details with like the FFA people and like when Napoleon goes out to that chicken farm Mm -hmm. and has to like move the chickens and like just the way the old people look and everything. I, I, I don't, there's so much attention to detail and just like, the production of
5: it we'll get to this i'm sure at the end but and i know pappy wants to talk about it because his reviews on letterbox is hilarious but the shot at the end where they like you see like the kind of the mountains in the field while they're playing tetherball is like so beautiful it's so awesome looking
3: there's that one shot too where they're in the dance where the that cindy lopper song's playing time after time it's like the three of them and you can see the dance in the background like there's some good moments of cinematography in this right josh it's it's pretty well shot
2: I think it's amazingly shot. I think yeah, they use like if you actually lived in this town in Idaho, you'd probably think it's the boring, oh. like the boring capital of the world, the least beautiful thing you've ever seen. But they still like found the beauty in it, and I think that's pretty cool. And sometimes the beauty is just a pocket full of tots that gets kicked from a kid in the next aisle (laughs) that's a good way
6: to I guess characterize Napoleon as well like he does weird shit that people don't do we see that at the very beginning of the movie and that's like I remember the first time I laughed really hard right I laughed when I just saw him standing there but I laughed really hard when Napoleon gets on the bus (laughs) and then he like opens his fucking trapper keeper and there's a little shitty action figure with a string (laughs) and he fucking unwinds the string tosses this fucker out the window and just lets the bus drag it because like that's just one of the things he thought to do for fun. Now, if that's a thing that people do, I had never no. seen or heard of it, but it fucking blew my mind because it's the <laughs> last thing on earth I would have ever thought of
2: on my own. There's so much more richness in that too, and I think Brett's going to get to it, but part of it is Napoleon is like in high school. Every other kid on this bus is like in fifth grade. <laughs>
0: What are you going to do
5: today, Napoleon? Whatever I feel like I want to do. Gosh! <laughs> and he, snap, he First of all, he snaps at that kid for no reason.
3: <laughs> whatever I want to... Whatever I feel like doing. God! Like,
2: the I question think, that like, kid poses is important. What are you going to do today, Napoleon? So, Napoleon... <laughs> must constantly be pulling hijinks on he must the be bus. Like a yeah, what's he doing on the bus day to day?
3: And he's like, whatever I feel like doing, even though he's clearly like planned on wrapping up this action figure <laughs> with a string. Like
6: <laughs> <laughs> I think they might be going through like a, a K through twelve school, which I attended for part of my life, uh, be- because of the little kids on the bus. And then when you're in that environment at the actual school. Like part of the school is for like the upper class, like the high schoolers, part of it's for the middle school and part of it's for elementary, yeah. but you do encounter them a lot. So I kind of get the idea that that's this level of small town that they're in.
3: I think it's also that like all of his peers have a car or, like ride with someone, a friend,
6: you know what I mean? Or a sweet
2: bike. Yeah. <laughs> Our like first act kind of ends with Napoleon's grandma getting her cockx gets broken. <laughs> Broke Stevie, cocks. explain how that happens and maybe what her like sexual situation is. <laughs> Great question.
7: Can we explain Max mom's situation? Um, <laughs> talk about her cock and the cockycks. God. Um, yeah, so Granny's gonna do what Granny's gonna do, and she goes out to the dunes, which apparently was a big deal to Napoleon. I love the shoestring budgetness of this movie so much, because like, even if you didn't rewind it, when she goes over like that big hill where she flies off the uh, <laughs> ATV, you can clearly see that's a man that looks nothing oh, yeah. like Max yeah. Like, I love... Just the shoestringness of it, but just the little subtle digs that like Rico throws out when he's walking back to the house. When you know, Napoleon's asked, Grandma had a boyfriend, what's grandma doing at the dunes? And you know, Uncle Rico throws that shade of just you really don't know her, do you? And it sounds like Granny has a lot of fun in a lot of places with a lot of people.
3: Those dudes at the dunes are way younger,
2: way younger than grandma. She knows how to party though. Is that a certain Tinder group she's in? I've been out in the dating game for a while. Like, what, what is this grandma to? <laughs> she un- on fans?
7: Probably puts some <laughs> upside-down pineapples in her uh in her grocery <laughs> yeah. cart from time to time.
2: Kylo, I want to kick it over to you if you don't mind. I think Uncle Rico is one of the most classic characters of this. Like people really remember his character and kind of his selfishness and stuff. But like this handover from like grandma to uncle is don't you think this is kind of like a weird backdrop for the movie like how do you take this in as a moviegoer do i think it's a weird backdrop what are you trying to say josh you can just
6: say it <laughs>
5: from a gran like a granny that doesn't like take interest in her kids lives to like rico's uh latches on to one like immediately i don't, I don't know it's-
2: Kind
3: of weird it's a pretty but. common like movie thing right like where you have the best most over-the-top character but you bring them in you know a third of the way through the movie
2: it's not a trap question kylo i just wanted to bring you into <laughs> i just wanted you to bring us into the uncle rico era of napoleon well, Dynamite.
6: uncle rico you know he's he lived a great life for one year in 1982 back in 82 <laughs> things were great for him for that time <laughs> And ever since then, you know, he's, uh, he's, I feel like he's a man with a lot of regrets, and I, I think that's made pretty apparent when he tries to travel back in time. Oh, my he God. He does. Well,
5: Kip told, Kip told him it was easy.
6: <laughs> yeah. And it's, I love the idea, like, that in this universe, someone, like, made this machine to look vaguely Enough, to, like it's, it can actually get you to travel through time, <laughs> right? They made this little thing, they sold it on eBay, and all it does is electrocute your balls, <laughs> like some fucking, <laughs> like some ginormous <laughs> troll went through the trouble to do this. Packed crystals. They put together Don't the money to the selling crystals. Tupperware to buy this.
5: When he put, I forgot about the crystals, and he's like, "Oh, I almost forgot the crystals." It's so freaking funny.
2: But there's like. Another time travel movie from the same year, Primer. Christ. It takes itself so seriously that it makes it just made me laugh to think that's like this one scene with balls burning in crystals. Dude, the
6: two great time travel movies of 2004 are easily Napoleon Dynamite and and Primer.
5: Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard Napoleon Dynamite and Primer in the same conversation before.
6: Same sentence. I love Primer, though. They're both great time
7: travel movies.
3: Both pretty- with low budgets. Do <laughs> so, you think know, there's literally Dynamite. time travel in Napoleon Dynamite?
7: There has to be. There has whoa, to be. Whoa! It may- Otherwise, the movie makes no sense.
2: There has to be. What do you mean, Stevie? I have no pulse on this. What are you talking about?
7: So, like, The three characters literally do not change one iota. <laughs>
3: It's so great.
7: <laughs> Until they get balls burned in their thighs. And then from that moment on is when we see actual change within the characters. Holy shit.
2: Wait, I thought it was just two characters got their balls burned. It's just Napoleon you know, and Rica. Kip. Tested no, you it. know
7: Kip tested it out too. Like oh. 100%. So, like, that's literally what starts the trajectory of those character arcs in this movie. It's a flat line the entire time. And when they like burn their balls in half, you know, they pretty much get seared to their thighs and they're limping around. (laughs) Like it's the only thing that makes sense because like Rico probably did get into state in 82 when he went back and it made his life worse because he's a complete creep at the end of this movie.
3: Dude, he does change before
7: Tammy comes. He was just selling, you know, whatever that fucking fiber was uh, with the, um, uh, Tupperware. And then he starts selling like he starts selling tit cream. Uh, Kip like it's like a girlfriend. Actually, it's not like made up that gets to visit him when she wasn't even sending pictures. Um, And Napoleon actually becomes assertive and he actually can talk to people and he can accomplish things becomes a great dancer. Like there has to be time travel in this movie.
6: Napoleon does talk about, like, girls like guys that have skills, yeah, right? And I I get the idea that Napoleon, he just lies about most of his skills, right? And then there's the art thing, which he's clearly just not good at. But he does apply himself, thanks to Dequan, and gets some actual dance skills, right? Through hard work. You know, you see him practicing and he... It pays off, of course, at the end. (laughs) He's
3: drenched in sweat when he comes out and sees La Fonda and he just chugs that Red Gatorade. It's so
6: funny. (laughs) Those quick chugs of the Red (laughs) Gatorade. I thought that, that VHS tape was really funny, too. Like the first couple times, Dequan's dance moves and like that image is fucking with like the old style, like late 80s, 90s hair, you know, that that guy has on the cover. The flat top.
3: Can I ask a question, Josh? This is spoilers. Yeah, it's do at it. the very end. We're, okay, we're talking about Uncle Rico and the character arcs and how they change and everything. Who the fuck is that woman who rides up to Uncle Rico at the end? Tammy? Is That his? That's his
6: ex. Okay, yeah.
3: I've always thought it was his ex, but then I. It just is so weird too, because like he hasn't really changed at all.
6: She's jealous.
3: You guys all thought it was Tammy.
6: Yeah. No, I I never thought that, but my wife informed me that it was probably her. <laughs>
2: What do you guys think about this 40 year year 40-year-old guy practicing football moves in front of a camera? Like it's it's funny in the moment, but when you stop to think about it, like god damn, that's some sad shit, is it not? (laughs) I just assume that's what everyone who played high school football
6: does in their free time. (laughs) That's what I'm saying though. Like, why would Tammy come down and smile at him?
3: He's not only is he throwing the football past the camera his arms broken from the dojo guy so now he's throwing it with his off hand no. more pathetically than ever like why would she be like oh hey you're looking good it's so it's so weird josh who do you think that girl is on the bike just the ex. okay and it's actually
5: kip's real life wife really yep Her name's like suki or something like that
2: we've built up the characters a lot and there's like two items of plot i think and the first one is that there's a dance coming up and mm. <laughs> napoleon actually gets a date to the dance right
3: Mm-hmm. what's her what's her character's name trisha i don't remember trisha napoleon's life is also getting kind of messed up by uncle rico we should talk about this that like Around every corner in Napoleon's life, Uncle Rico's kind of there meddling with things, It makes me kinda or makes the audience kinda like Kate, Uncle Rico for a little bit. But Uncle Rico's selling the mom his thirty-two piece set. This might be the twenty-four piece set.
0: I bet you folks don't have one of these. I want that. You see, this ain't your run of the mill crapperware. These are some serious Nupont fiber woven bowls.
2: So if we purchase the 24 piece set, the mini sailboat is included. That's correct, sir.
6: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Napoleon shows up and has a drawing of Trisha. Um, There's more where this came from. <laughs> and has great uh, detail on the shading on the upper lip. Uh, it's probably like the best drawing he's ever done. <laughs> um, and I all these like little characters though Josh are so good like the way she like calls them and like hangs up disgustedly and like the mom like kind of forcing her into like into it like I, I don't know like all, you buy all these like small actors in these parts.
2: Vote for Summer.
0: Yeah right I'm not voting for her.
3: Then who are you gonna vote
0: for? I'm voting for Pedro Sanchez who do you think? Hi. Hey Don, can I have one of those buttons?
5: I, the first six times I watched this movie, every time I saw Don, I would laugh. Maybe every time. I think he's the funniest. I always thought he looked like he was 40 years old, but you guys know Don, the boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. He cracks me up. He is like the biggest turd.
6: That's Summer's boyfriend, that blonde guy. Yeah. The tall guy. He's constantly scoffing. He's off putting to me, Brett. Because at the time I saw this movie, again, going back to 2004, I've been talking about that time period a lot tonight, (laughs) I knew a guy, an older guy, that would hang out with me and my high school friends. This guy was like 30. Mm. And he, his mannerisms, and he kind of looked like him, like an uglier (laughs) version of him. And I never liked this dude. His name was Thomas, and he would always fucking hang around and want to play music with us, and I didn't like him. And he was like this dude. He was like kind of like scummy you know like you not scummy but like a little bit of a sleazeball With his like he's always like pulling his collar and laughing like he's kind of like impressed with himself and his friends all the time don't like it
5: no but he's a, like he's a douche but his facial expression i, I get it. if you like know someone and it reminds you of him, i get it but i thought he's just such a turd it makes me laugh
2: right right What is that expression he always has on his face? Like, (laughs) I got the upper hand here. God, hate that guy so
6: much. He's about to get his dick sucked, that's the face.
5: Can we talk about the fact that Pedro is like, they're all 26 to 30, he's 31, Pedro. All these guys are. Well, but he's, he's older than the rest of them, but yeah.
0: 31? Yeah. Man. Have you heard about the dance? Yes. Have you met anyone to ask yet? No,
1: but I probably will after school.
0: Who are you gonna ask? That girl over there. my Summer Wheatley? How the heck are you gonna do that?
1: Build her a cake or
6: something. Pedro used to live in the same city as me. And when we did the Memento podcast, I talked about it to Hunga. Mm-hmm. You'd see him around sometimes. I only saw him once from a distance. Did you say hi to him? No, he was far. Oh.
3: He, he's in Shazam, the Sinbad movie. We had a podcast on that, on Big Dumb Movie.
6: No, we did not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. What were you going to say, Josh? I mean, I think we could nitpick his age, but I really like the character of Pedro as Oh, yeah. No, like, I'm-
4: Oh, yeah.
2: Someone whose heritage is Mexican and just misplaced in this weird Idaho town and trying to survive out here. I think that's like, that could be its own movie in itself almost to me.
7: I do like the subtle racism in, in this movie.
3: When Summer's talking about chimichangas next year. <laughs>
7: <laughs> that or, was it was a Trisha's dad? It was like, what the hell's is that on my driveway? It's like, dude, like sure there's hydraulics and shit, but like that's a nice car. In, like, the, the yeah, princ- but you're not used to seeing the principal saying, I don't know how they do things down in Juarez. It's like, come on, man,
4: like,
0: my baby.
2: Do you guys like their friendship between Pedro and Napoleon? Because it's stunted, but it somehow works, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I like how it's all brought on by Rex giving that little <laughs> bait and switch lesson at the dojo. And he's like, from now on, no more flying solo. <laughs> <laughs> and Napoleon Dynamo is like, nodding yes. <laughs> and after that, he befriends Pedro.
6: We did a podcast, Josh and Stevie, on the. Uh, nostalgic video games that we grew up on for big dumb movies oh yeah on that podcast i talked about i had a friend called francisco (laughs) and he was a mexican-american kid that didn't speak much english so like pedro in this movie to me was like my real friend francisco like we probably ended up becoming friends some similar way to this like you know like I had to work with him on a school project or something, and we just kind of like hung out together ever since. But I do kind of remember our friendship being like this in a way that like I would talk a lot, and he'd just be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> you know, like he would just like he would not contribute much to the conversation. <laughs> did he have a
5: sl- did he have a sledgehammer?
6: I don't think so. Why? I don't know.
5: Pedro does his bike.
2: Oh, I feel like as a grown man, I'd really appreciate that in a friend. To just kind of listen and say yeah i get it yeah yeah feels good
5: you thought i meant a sledge a real sledgehammer Corey.
2: yeah yeah i forgot he's got dude. this sick
3: bike
6: and they do like the little jumps
3: like dude when napoleon dynamite busts his balls on that jump that is one of the, i laugh so hard every time because that's really him doing it like they're doing all their own stunts it's insane
2: Happy some movies will culminate in a school dance or function like maybe Carrie Mm -hmm. for instance, but this is just (laughs) kind of the middle act of this, right? Fill our spoilers listeners into what happens at the dance and all the fallout of the dance in Napoleon dynamite. It's
3: like probably early in the school year. It's like homecoming dance or something. Um, Like I said, Napoleon dynamite's going with a, a popular girl who doesn't like him at all and the girl he has a crush on deb is going with his best friend pedro and napoleon dynamite feels a little betrayed by that um but they get to the dance and there's just like this really subtle moment but it's so fucking good when like the popular girl trisha sees her popular friends and like waves and they wave at her and so napoleon dynamite like sees her do this so awkward And does the same thing to his friends, but they don't see him. And he's like, just exactly doing what she was doing. Like, but it's, it's awkward, but it's so good. And no, it is
5: good. It is good.
3: They're nowhere to be found. His date and the popular kids, maybe they ditch the dance or whatever. But um, after spending some time in the bathroom, Napoleon, Dynamite, and Deb dance and she kind of asks him out. So we got a little bit of a love story going here. Her and Pedro are not getting serious Like Napoleon likes <laughs> to say Getting super serious
0: So you and Pedro are getting really serious now? No We're just friends Huh How are your glamour shots been going lately?
1: Pretty good do a personal portrait sometimes if you wanted to come over
0: okay
2: Stevie is that what this is like a love story between Napoleon and Deb ultimately? I kind of don't think so, but is it? You don't think it's a love story?
7: Is it a love story?
3: Okay, maybe not a love story, but there's a romance subplot.
7: I think from the first minute, like Napoleon's introduced to Deb. He likes her from the jump.
3: I love how after Deb, leaves her, like, whatever they are, beauty supplies on Napoleon's porch for the rest of the movie. Napoleon refers to it as that crap she left on my porch. <laughs> like, hey, you left your crap on my porch. <laughs> I've got your crap you left on my porch in your locker. But you don't, think, you don't think there's a little bit of sparks flying, Josh, like, at all?
2: Can I just say, like, a lesser movie would really dwell on this, like, beat where Deb yells at him over a payphone and it's melodramatic and... Napoleon Mm -hmm. is wondering what he did wrong and wallowing Casey Affleck style all over the East coast crying, (laughs) but (laughs) she probably hates, she probably hates me by now. Hello?
6: Napoleon?
0: Yeah. Who's this?
1: It's Deb. And I'm calling to
7: let you know, I think you're a shallow friend.
0: What the heck are you even talking about?
7: Don't lie, Napoleon. Napoleon.
1: Your Uncle Rico made it very clear how you feel about me. What? I don't need herbal enhancers to feel good about myself. And if you're so concerned about that, why don't you try
6: eating some yourself?
2: But instead, he immediately just tries to like beat up Uncle Rico because he just knows <laughs> like Uncle Rico fucked this up somehow. And I love that about this movie.
6: There's something great about Uncle Rico driving And then, like, the orange, like, hits his windshield, (laughs) and, like, his scream. Like, it's so good. Yeah. That little high-pitched scream. And then when Rico runs at Napoleon, and, like, Napoleon's, like, motioning as if he's going to throw another one, like, Rico is, like, he's, like, being a little bitch. Like, he doesn't want to get hit. He's, like, scared. (laughs) It's funny shit,
2: man. It's got to be real. Yeah, it looks so cool. It's like direct revenge. Because Uncle Rico threw a he threw a stake at Napoleon's face, earlier. dude.
5: That makes me laugh every time.
2: <laughs> so now Napoleon throws this, and another little jab that I love in here is like at the beginning of the movie when the grandma is like, "I gotta leave. Here's like the state of the home," and she's like, "You're <laughs> gonna have to stick to quesadillas because like stakes are kind of low." And throughout the whole movie, you just see like Uncle Rico just grinding on steaks. <laughs> and finally at this like moment of like wrestling Uncle Rico to the ground, he's like, You're making all our lives miserable and eating all the steak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something so great about that.
5: I love the Tina scenes too. Right? They they always made me laugh. Get your dinner, Tina. Eat it. That's apparently the writer, director's mom's llama or whatever in real life.
3: With all the food in this movie, there's almost always flies or bugs so around gross. it. <laughs> like that casserole that he feeds Tina is just like Ugh. flies on it. The steaks have flies on them when they're eating outside. A lot of it,
5: flies
6: in this movie, dude.
2: <laughs> is that the grossest lunch ever? Like they eat TV question. What is that like casserole that literally no one even took one square out of? <laughs> it's like Tina food. <laughs> Some hot dish.
7: Ah. <laughs> uh, that looked rough. I mean, being from the Midwest, you've seen a lot of casseroles, and whew, like just looking at it was so unappealing. I've seen
6: a lot of casseroles in my day. I tell you what,
7: tell I tell you what. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was mystery what? meat casserole, if I've ever seen it.
3: To Brett's question, what would you rather eat? That casserole or the farmer's egg lunch? with sandwich flies
4: egg juice oh god and then just are those do you think those are at least stevie do you think
5: those are mm. at least hard-boiled eggs or do you not think a, not a chance in hell that's egg juice okay,
7: okay. speaking in the
3: sun just sitting out in 90 degree weather oh dude
2: really yeah
5: what i love that about napoleon is that they all stare at it. you think no one's gonna eat it but he's like well i'm here i'm getting paid for this this is my lunch So he goes and eats it, and everyone else kind of goes and eats it too.
2: I do love how, like, Napoleon is the first one to grab one of those shitty fly sandwiches off the (laughs) stack.
6: (laughs) He actually takes a cup of, like, raw egg (laughs) (laughs) as if, like, it's his drink to wash the sandwich down. (laughs) It's fucking rocky. Gags on it too. (laughs) One of the things that I, I didn't remember. When in my most recent rewatch and I've seen this movie a lot like I've I played this movie out to the point where it, it's unfortunately it will never be as funny as it once was but one of the things that caught me off guard is was one of those farmers they fucking <laughs> they kill a cow they shoot a <laughs> cow to death <laughs> off screen <laughs> and like <laughs> I forgot about that moment man This dude's just like fumbling around with his gun, like loading it, like, and he just points it at this fucking thing, and you hear like the death cry. Hey Lyle! that's a good moment
5: apparently the director writer or whatever his name is said that's like a that's like from his childhood
3: he was on a bus
5: that kind of stuff happened no like seeing cows get their brains yeah like so i mean whether he was on a bus or not but apparently it's like an occurrence where he grew up
6: they somehow make that funny in a really good way. Like oh, yeah. that, that could be very disturbing, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be fucked up to just watch. But like, the way like this uh, farmer is so like bumbling and like he seems like a barely functional human being. <laughs> like he's so, so old. <laughs> I
5: was so bad about
6: that guy. <laughs> and he has like a great line at the lunch too. And he's like he just mumbles like incoherently <laughs> like over there we're gonna go that.
0: It's so sad. <laughs>
6: I put on the subtitles
3: and he says over by that chicken coop i found an arrowhead and no one from the shoshone no one re- tribe, shoshone no, tribe one re- yeah. no one replies to him which no is bullcrap because yeah. that's things probably things.
2: such an interesting story actually i'm pissed about that no
3: one can understand him
2: <laughs> i had cc's on it so i understood it for this time like the for the first time watching this movie
0: Over there, that drink man, I found a couple of on the arrowhead.
6: That dude's like a few days away from being in a home where Stevie and his dance troupe will perform, <laughs> you know? Like, he's almost there. But
5: he's the, he's the officiant at, or
6: whatever his name is, Kip's wedding. True. After the credits. Yeah.
5: Hopefully everyone saw that.
2: can you do us a favor we got through one part of the plot which was the dance and i think the only other real plot point is the presidential election can you just walk through what happens there from a real high perspective
3: sorry my mind is fucking blown because napoleon dynamite is the movie i've seen the third most in my life and i never knew there was a post-credit scene Ever. Oh really? The wedding? The wedding? I've <laughs> oh never God. seen it. Oh,
5: my favorite, like, reaction in the whole movie is when like the Lafonda's brother, like, is just freaking devastated that she said yes.
6: <laughs> right. <laughs> he's, so, he's so upset that this wedding is happening. <laughs> Go
3: watch that shit. right now. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it in a sec- later. But the election. Um, it's the most popular girl in sur- school, Summer, played by Hillary Duff's sister Haley, versus. Is it really? Yes. yes. Mm. Versus Pedro. Pedro wants to run first and he then finds out that Summer's running. It's a hilarious scene where he shaves his head and has like a total nervous breakdown. But <laughs> at, a su- at a super high level, I mean, there's a lot of like dirty politics back and forth, right? Josh, like Summer's kind of making fun of him. At one point, Pedro has an effigy of Summer in the form of a pinata. Uh, Pedro's penalized for that. But this school, for whatever reason, has. Like two components of the presidential election: uh, a speech and a skit, and that's kind of where we the election climaxes.
1: I think this matches your season, Pedro. Thank you.
2: Don't you think that's kind of like the main driver of the third act? Is oh like yeah, Pedro kind of trying to insert himself in here awkwardly.
3: I should. We should also say at this point. In one of the creepiest scenes of the movie, uh, Deb now hates Napoleon because Napoleon's uncle told Deb that Napoleon said that she should get bigger boobs. I, I don't really like the whole creepy Uncle Rico part. I'll be honest, that's one of my least favorite parts of the I movie. I thought Rico that's more of first. just
5: him trying to. I thought that was always just him more just trying to sell. Big
6: no, for money. sure. It's just a little uncomfortable. Like he, you mean like he's oblivious to the fact that what he's doing is very uncomfortable to people? I guess he maybe is, not right?
5: oblivious, but like using dirty sales tactics to like, he doesn't care. He wants some money. I'm not saying he's like the world's worst person, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of in the middle, but you might be right, Pappy.
3: I feel like Uncle Rico likes selling products targeted to women. I feel like he looks at that as like a perk of his job, getting to hang out with these, these women. But I don't know. That part just always a little weird. But it is funny. He's
6: getting very close to Sterla. You yeah. know?
3: <laughs> the American Gladiator chick.
6: Yeah. Hmm. The... Oh, she was in American Gladiators?
3: I don't know. I don't think no, so. No,
6: she wasn't. Uh. Okay.
3: <laughs> I wish.
6: <laughs> uh, Rex, though, is a great character. Yes. That's only in this movie for a small amount of time. Brett, what's Too his sharp. name? The actor?
5: Diedrich Bader.
6: Lawrence. Diedrich Bader. Lawrence from Office Space. This guy is gold in these kinds of small parts. Like He was quoted so much, blocked it blocked it oh my he's god he is still my favorite part of Jay and Silent Bob's strike back and Brett I know you know what I'm talking about when they what <laughs> when he, they what to he wants
5: you to do I want you to I don't remember what he says but yeah in behind oh that. what
6: a lovely tea party <laughs> <laughs> I love it
5: I love Diedrich Bader he's so funny
6: next one
5: yeah. Affleck, back up on the way hey I'll make you a
1: deal this guy will suck your dick off if you let us go
2: <laughs> contrary to what you believe not everyone in the industry is a homosexual
1: how about this deal He'll suck my dick while you watch and jerk off.
2: All right. Make it fast and sexy.
5: It's either this or jail. And you know what they do to you in jail.
2: I was a guard. All right. And after it's all over, you say, oh, what a lovely tea party. happy what ultimately happens though in this popularity presidential contest um so
3: i'd say round one the speeches probably went to summer um she's promising new pop machines in endless summer let's go She she does get a little bit racist but i think pedro what does he say he wants to put up some like Santa Maria's around the hallways or bad. something for, for good luck. Um, I have
6: no idea what the fuck
2: Pedro is, is talking about during his speech.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. So, He's saying things, I don't know what
2: they mean. Like, Well, all your wildest dreams will come true. Yeah,
6: that's the <laughs> does, one that sticks with yeah.
5: you, right? He talks about that FFA FFA events, he talks about that
4: for
7: mm-hmm. future
5: fire, future farmers of America.
0: I love your
7: wildest dreams will come true.
5: I love that scene where he's in the bath and he's got his medal yeah, on. But
6: what the fuck? There's some cultural stuff that's thrown in there that I just don't get. Yeah, no, that's yeah.
5: like we're all Catholic and I have no idea what they're talking about.
3: It's not connecting so, with the target, the target no. wasp audience here in Idaho. So <laughs> it's up to Napoleon to save the day. And like Stevie said, he really starts to take action, be assertive, like the stuff he's been working for pays off. And this song is a jam. The Promise by When in Rome um, comes on and I don't know Brett. it's not to sound like pretentious or but I've never seen another movie that did this other than like American in Paris with Gene Kelly where all of the movie's problems are solved with like a musical number.
4: It's
5: amazing. But where it's different is and obviously we've talked about before the American in Paris it's, it's like a gorgeous last 20 minutes but They don't tie up any loose ends in that movie, except for the love story. This kind of like ties everything up together. But yeah, those are probably the two I could think of. The end with like a big dance number and it kind of just brings everyone together.
2: Up next, I hope you'll enjoy a skit by Pedro Sanchez.
3: It's hard to even like remember back to like the first time when I saw it, Josh, but like this dance number just feels so out of nowhere and like it's just so funny to me. (laughs) Everything about it. It like blew my mind.
2: It's good too. It's hard to talk about a lot of this movie because I feel like the pacing of it is a lot of the humor and I think, Cory, don't you think like this setting with like Napoleon Dynamite on stage as part of that like they stick on a one shot for a long time don't they
6: they do yeah I was as a kind of a side note I I noticed a lot of wide shots in this movie and like you guys said the movie looks great Mm -hmm. there's a lot of wide shots and a lot of like center frame people are like right in the middle and it's very flat a lot of times intentionally so Um, but in terms of the dance it is a it's a really funny thing that he's doing and it's the kind of thing that I don't find funny, like, on paper. And by that, I mean, you know, on the page, the character does a funny dance. Like, I don't like that oh, as, yeah. like, a joke. doesn't work for me, generally. But with the way we've been watching Napoleon and, like, how awkward he is and, like, how... <laughs> he is really bad at most things he tries to be good at. You know, when he applies himself to this, he does it in such, like, a he goes all in he does it in a powerful way in that like he is committed 100 percent to this dance sometimes you might see someone dance and they're like holding back a little bit you can kind of feel a little bit of shyness napoleon breaks through all of that in the form of dance and i don't know much about like dance styles so i wouldn't really know how to describe this other than like maybe vaguely disco and the fact that jamiroquai is playing probably adds to that description What do you think of the dance, Josh? If I'm honest,
2: I feel like it's one of those things where, like, the first time you watch the movie, it's phenomenal. I have very vivid memories of being, like, so tense and, like, not knowing what's going to happen the first time I saw right. this movie, <laughs> you know?
6: Right. Because, you know, we know Napoleon, and then it's, like, so explosive once he starts. Uh, I-, I think it's great. Yeah. like you said funny definitely but like everything in this movie less funny over time oh
2: damn where did that come from
6: well, i thought that's kind of what you were alluding to and i think that that's really the case with any comedy right like the part of the comedy is in the surprise it's something you didn't expect sure. and someone says or does something you don't expect or maybe you're even you're anticipating but like once you like know every joke in a movie I don't think it's very good. I mean, that, we talked about Rush Hour, Brett. Like, you like that movie. I don't like that movie. I loved that movie when I was a kid. I watched it so many times that now I despise it. So, like, Napoleon Dynamite, if I gave this another, like, 15 or so, it's possible I could grow to hate it.
5: I don't know if I ever have watched a comedy too many times where I despise
6: It takes a lot. Trust me.
5: Well, I've seen I've seen a couple movies, probably at least fifty times, but those are also like my favorite movies, and I still love them. It's the familiarity that I love of it.
1: Do you understand the words that are coming out of my
3: mouth? I think the problem with Napoleon Dynamite is it was a fucking cultural phenomenon, and it was quoted so much. Like I think if anything takes away from it, it's like I said, it's one of the movies I've seen the most. But it was just hearing. Your mom goes to college over and over and over again.
6: Vote for Pedro shirts were everywhere. Mm -hmm. The dance was parodied a lot, too. That probably doesn't help.
7: Which came first, the Napoleon dance or that fucking idiot who's doing the evolution of dance?
2: Whoa, evolution of dances, is cool. Dude, you get off this He's podcast so cool. right now. What is your problem? <laughs> I despise <Dude>. that shit. <laughs> that was like 20 years ago. I, <laughs> oh my what, God. What, what, what,
3: people didn't know what to do with the internet back then. It was just cool to see a guy doing dances. No, it's yeah. not.
7: No,
2: it's not. This guy was dancing his ass off. <laughs> what the hell? Is that the disguise like,
5: dressed as Michael Jackson? or?
7: No, it's no. a guy who's dressed. Oh, he's in
5: red, it's like an orange shirt, red shirt. Yes.
7: Yeah, yeah, with tucked in shirt with jeans as well. And just going it's, through.
5: It says 16 years ago, 310 million views.
2: The CBS for his outfit, tucked in shirt with
7: Oh jeans. my God, I, I just hate that shit so much. I've never seen that in my life, I don't think.
2: Let me give a little wind down to this movie. You guys don't, do you guys mind if I do this?
0: That's fine.
2: Our grandma, after this dance... The grandma comes back. I think her coccyx is healed. She's like back in the family. Um, and even while like the dance was kind of bittersweet, and Pedro obviously doesn't win the presidency of the school, the ending after this is really like uh-huh. positive. Don't you guys think? Mm-hmm. Wait, what's that, Brett? I thought Pedro
4: won. Didn't that win?
3: Pedro wins. He has the what? cake. Says congratulations, Pedro.
2: Wait, he actually wins? Yeah, yeah, because of
4: Napoleon.
5: You can pretty much see Summer losing
7: Napoleon when Napoleon didn't goes go nuts. back in time for Pedro not to win. Josh,
2: I didn't know he actually won. I thought he, I thought people liked his dance and then ultimately just voted for Summer anyway. I didn't catch that. Honestly, no, it
6: says yeah, it says yeah.
2: Okay, that would be wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Uh, maybe someone else should take this movie out. I'm, I'm just kind of, <laughs> I got a gasket blown over here. I'm just pumped that Pedro's president.
5: You and, you and Pappy, Pappy didn't know that Kip yeah. got married.
3: That's freaking. it's so fucking insane. He rides in that. on a
5: horse, John. Um, Pappy. The,
3: the, thing about this, like, the everything after the dance is just like a, it's almost a montage, right? Like, it's just super mm-hmm. fast. I love the music in this movie. Tell this us about where like, Uncle ball,
2: Rico's ex-wife comes back to him inexplicably and is not inexplicably
3: and is impressed that he's throwing a football with his non-dominant hand limply like now she wants to take him back that makes no fucking sense
2: explicate it then stevie i think
7: um i think uh, napoleon called her to serve two purposes one get him out of the house and the other i think he felt really bad for uncle rico at a certain point because, like, there's a beautiful shot when Rico's having a meltdown, like when he throws a football at the camera and he's like, What are you doing? And he's just kind of like trouncing around the yard. There's a great zoom in of Napoleon just looking at him, like, How embarrassing is this man? I think he called Tammy.
2: There's another beautiful, it's not a zoom in, but it's a zoom out. And it's Napoleon and his girl just playing a little bit of uh, a okay.
4: uh, what wait <laughs> what is it
2: what is tetherball? that called tetherball yeah actually got a tetherball in my backyard if you guys ever want to go at it but let's go Pappy I think as one last thing to really break down in this movie it's <laughs> worth it what happens in this tetherball match <laughs>
3: dude thank you because that was my letterbox review it's, it's literally the funniest thing in the world to me
0: you want to play me
3: now we finally have The Promise by One in Rome playing. Uh, it's a big dramatic ending to the high school scene, right? And I don't really love that Deb has a new look. I kind of thought they should have kept her looking quirky. It's kind of lame that she like conforms a little bit. It feels like it's like a little breakfast club bee. I don't know, but...
7: She's allowed to be pretty. Yeah, she's cuter that way.
3: Well, she's allowed to look however she wants, regardless of what Brett thinks.
7: Maybe she wouldn't like that, Pat.
3: Uh, no, I don't think we're supposed to interpret that from the movie. But I don't, I, Josh. She she goes to play Napoleon and tetherball, which is nice because we've seen Napoleon right by himself playing tetherball alone most of the movie, and she comes to play with him. And at first, it's kind of an even match. <laughs> but then he just starts fucking wailing <laughs> ball on her. and dude, I don't know why I think it's just the funniest thing in the world like it's just such a funny cute little way to end your movie because Napoleon's still who he is right but now he's got a little friend but he's just demolishing her in Ball, a girl half his size and it's so
2: funny I love it too and it kind of reminds me of the lot, the last shot of the Wonder Years TV series Corey, I know that's your jam, but when, like, Paul and Kevin are playing basketball as adults, like, in the background, kind of, just ring any bells?
6: The only thing I remember about the ending was the, like, the narration, and it was, like, talking about his dad, who dies, and Winnie, who, like, marries some other schmuck. I believe yeah, the I last shot
2: part. is like just two guys in the kind of far distance just like playing one on one pickup basketball. You can hardly see their silhouettes. But it's like, like adults? Yeah, but it's Paul and Kevin like as adults playing. Just just the fact they're out there in the evening playing with each other. But in this movie, like Pappy said, it's like kind of set up as romantic and it's back and forth, back and forth then all of a sudden the flip just switches <laughs> with the in and he just blasts it and she never touches it again the entire uh, time.
6: I get the comparison though, like the comfort of like some things will never change and like that's maybe a good thing right? There's something kind of like nice and comforting about that.
3: I'm saying Deb didn't need a new hairdo, it's weird. It's a weird touch.
2: We've reached the end of Napoleon Dynamite, but I would love to open it up to our spoilers crew for final thoughts.
5: Uh, I don't think Kip gets enough credit for how freaking funny he is in this movie. I think he's absolutely hilarious and he kind of gets beat up throughout the whole movie.
6: His mole gets ripped off.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I still crack up whenever he backs up over that Tupperware and then just drives off. That cracks me up. Um, obviously, your mom goes to college is like a classic, and another classic line that I forgot we used to say is break the wrist and walk away. Rex Guando. That's all I got.
3: Stevie, did you watch The uh, Making Of? Yes. Two? Two things that stood out to me. How fucking low the production was when they're buying their own lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. They all go to the <laughs> like McDonald's have to buy their own lunch, but These actors are getting the shit beat out of him in this production. You know what I mean? Like, John Hedder is really taking a stake to the face in that scene.
5: Yeah, you can tell.
7: Uh, uh, What the heck are you doing? Yeah. He's really (laughs) taking it. Not just that, but like the locker room. When he's getting like thrown into the locker and is like, you know, getting put in headlocks. Like, yeah, it's bad. John Hedder's like, hey, this doesn't feel great. Like, I'm not complaining, but, you know, let's not do this too many more times. And also, like, watching the behind the scenes, you kind of realize, like, even though it's a shoestring production, there's still multiple people that you need on a set to shoot. And, like, to see, like, 15 people, a crew of, like, 15 people not in the scene, like, actively doing things, trying to come up with things to, like, you know, make this run smoothly was pretty cool. Have you guys actually seen the Palooka the short? No. Wait, what?
5: I watched that a long time ago. It's it, this is based off a short that he made in college. Oh, really? Uh, and, yeah. And the only one who's in it is John Heater or Header, and everything that pretty much happens in the story is in the movie. It's only like nine, eight minutes long or something like that. But uh, you should check it out. It's black and white. It's nine minutes long. Uh, some of the stuff that's in it were actually extra scenes that were cut from the movie, but yeah, I pretty much skipped school with Pedro, who's played by somebody different, and a couple other people. So yeah, it's called Palooka. What
4: are you going to do, Seth?
0: Whatever I feel like I want to do. Gosh.
2: I want my yes or no to be more positive in a minute, but like for a final thought, I guess like, on this rewatch, I was kind of struck by how, I don't want to say how little happens, but just like, I do question sometimes if there's like a full thought or something to take away at the very end of this. Still entertaining and comedic, but, Do you guys get that where it's almost like a little too goofy? A little too... A little
5: little too raff.
2: (laughs) A little too raff. (laughs) It's quiet, too quiet. A little too quiet.
5: I mean, it sounds like they stretched their budget as far as it could. I mean, maybe it's just kind of what he had to do. I don't know.
6: I think it's fine, Josh. It doesn't bother me in that way. Me neither. I mean, obviously it's not nocturnal animals, right? But it's not supposed to be. It's not that kind of movie. It's a series of events. It'd be kind of
7: wild if it was that movie.
6: You know what? Mash (laughs) them up together. Let's try it out. Deb and summer get (laughs) dynamite animals. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Thanks, Brett.
5: (laughs) Well, you said you wanted to be it to be nocturnal.
6: So I think like with a comedy like this, sometimes it's okay to just like live with the characters for a while. And you know. I think it's there is an arc in the movie to our main character maybe some of the others but the overall plot I don't think it's that important sometimes it just depends on the movie you know I I've, I've heard these kind of complaints before and this movie is still like an all-timer uh, especially for comedies of its era so it it doesn't need to be anything more than what it is I think it, it's not over ambitious it's it's just the right amount
2: Life- my, bed,
6: my wife Tracy is a very practical
2: person <laughs> and she didn't remember liking this movie very much in hindsight and when she saw me re it she was like so what is that about and was like really pressing me on it like no what is it about like what's, what's what happens in it and it was such a hard question to answer to someone with that like f- frame of mind it's like uh I guess there's a dance <laughs> a high school dance. There's something like I don't know. It's an Ida. Taylor, she's got eyes and ears. She could sit down and watch it. Well she has, and she just doesn't like it. So I think she's just kind of pointing out like nothing happens, so why would she watch it again? I don't know. That's for the comedic value. Yeah. I guess so.
6: But if you don't find it funny, and I have heard a lot of people, like a lot in my life say that they don't like this movie. So I I don't think it's that uncommon to dislike this, but that's because the comedy doesn't work for you, right? This movie lives on its comedy. And if you don't find this kind of stuff funny, like Napoleon's mannerisms and like the way he talks and the things he says to people and how like outlandish those things are and the responses are, then you're not gonna like this movie. You're gonna have a bad time.
5: If you don't like like him blowing up at someone for no reason, then I think a lot of the stuff you're gonna miss. Like it's not gonna be for you. But to me, that's like comic gold. So
2: I love that crap. Kylo, I would love for you to take the first crack at a yes or no. Would you mind doing that for us? I would love to, Josh. This is Corey
6: Kylo Ren memes. I'm going to give this movie a yes because it is a, like I said, it's an all-timer of comedies of this era. I don't want to, I guess, be too general and say it's one of the greatest comedies ever made, but it's definitely of this era, right? If you're going to say comedies of the 2000s, this is making some top 10 lists, at least. The comedy is subtle, and I think that's why I found it so funny, especially the first time I saw it. Because, you know, a lot of uh, comedy movies, they tend to rely on like, What I like to sometimes in my head or to myself call like a record skip joke. And that's where like in the trailer, there'll be people (laughs) talking and then like the music will stop and someone will say a line and like the record will skip. And this movie, it may have that and I'm sure there can be some of that cut into a trailer, but it's not really that. It's a lot of like just off the wall shit like that fucking crazy old farmer like talking about how no one can understand what he's fucking saying he's talking about an arrowhead apparently or like I don't know like the way Kip lives his life as like a whatever 32 year old (laughs) man like that's just inherently funny and of course he's you know just as pathetic as someone in that situation would be all throughout the movie until he has his arc so things like that are just funny to me right now again I've seen the movie a lot so it doesn't have the uh, original <coughs> effect on me. I wish it did, but I'll say this. It is one of those movies that I wish I could erase from my mind and watch for the first time. Because like I would love to laugh that hard again. Seldom
2: do I. So it's a yes from me. Josh from Goshen here. I think what I like the most about this movie is that it does allow itself and feels comfortable enough in its art to not attach itself to a hard plot. Like this movie Mm -hmm. isn't about Napoleon Dynamite finding a dance partner for the very end of the movie. It's much more nuanced. There's much more specificity in the characters and like what they do and I think a lot of that was hit on tonight and I don't know. I just like Movies that are a tr- that give you a sense of a slice of life that you're completely unfamiliar with. And this movie does that twofold. Once, not familiar with rural Idaho. Two, not familiar with anyone quite like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I kind of get the feeling maybe the director or the writer has kind of got a little bit of Napoleon in him. Um, and I think that's kind of cool, but a uh, pretty solid yes always been a yes for me. Pretty, pretty influential comedy for me, I would say. Let's keep going uh, west from Kylo. So I think that's Pappy and then Stevie and then Brett. Okay. Um, just to like piggyback on
3: what you guys have said, I, I think this movie is incredible. Um, it doesn't have a story but when you're watching this movie you're not really questioning the story and that's what Josh said like a testament to how well it's made and you don't get the sense that it's like they had a story but they had to scrap it in editing or like they couldn't think of a story like this movie feels very intentional and I think that's probably like from some of the precision like the opening credits too. like you just get the sense that like everything they're doing is On purpose to the best that they can and it's just so fucking funny there's so many like small details in like all of the characters performances like little faces that they make that'll make me laugh um yeah kyle that's a good point i really wish i could see this movie for the first time again i almost hope that it like becomes the cult movie that it was supposed to be right and maybe like people will stop quoting it incessantly and and maybe it'll fade away and then get like a sort of rediscovery. Like it'd be so great to be like 20 years from now and just be like, what the fuck is this movie? And putting it in and just being like feeling the same things that we felt too. Like, what is this? And then the culminating in the dance, like great movie. One of my favorite comedies of the time. Um, I should probably up my score on letterbox. To be honest, this is not a perfect movie, but a damn near perfect movie. Um, Really well edited too. Short and sweet hour 37 minutes. Mikey would have loved that. Uh, hard yes for me.
7: Pappy, I have nothing to worry about. Like, youth pastors are going to be quoting this movie to the end of time. Great. Like, <laughs> they're, they're going to keep it in circulation. Like, they're going to go back to that well all the time, so it's never going to fade. Um... Yeah, I'm going to give this movie a hard yes. Watch, I do quote it all the time. Watching it again, it's pretty remarkable what they did on, you know, call it shoestring. But $400,000 isn't a whole lot. And to, you know, how influential it was after it kind of picked up steam after its initial release is pretty incredible, too. Um, you know, <laughs> I wish John Heater was in or hatter was in more movies. I think he kind of got typecasted, you know, playing like the Napoleon type character. So, um, yeah, it's all the actors are great. Writing is great. Directing is great. I love how it visually looks. I like how the movie plays is episodic and not an overall plot because it's really thin on that. But, um, yeah, I'll give it a hard yes.
3: Sorry, super quick note. Jared Hess, who, uh, directed this movie, Directing the upcoming Minecraft movie, which is gonna be fucking huge, I bet. But very weird <laughs> career path for him.
7: Is Minecraft the most like play game on earth?
3: I think it's the top selling video game of all time.
2: Wow. Yeah. Brett, bring us home. So yeah, uh,
5: this is a hard yes for me. I. Uh, Pappy had said it earlier. It's It was like, if for people who are young or maybe old, much older than us, who weren't around at the time, this was like such a big deal, this movie. It came out of nowhere. It was like, I don't know. I don't want to say it like, kind of like the Rocky of this era, but like low budget, didn't expect to do anything. And it just was huge. Uh, it's just, I think it's hilarious. Uh, Pappy inspired me to up my rating on it as well. I mean, I just think it's really, really cool. Um, uh, don't feel too bad about John heater is uh celebrity net worth is $10 million. He's doing all right. So, uh, he's been working steadily for 20 years, so he's fine. Um, like the traffic, um, so hard, hard. Yes. Uh, I'm glad Becky Is it Becky. Yeah. I'm glad hard Becky 20. picked this movie. Really, really fun. Uh, I've had a blast talking about it. Hard. Yes. For me
2: thanks again, Becky, for choosing this movie, being a Patreon. and just a personal note, I really remember a couple of my friends that I saw this for the first time with in theater way back when it came out, and I don't know, it's just one of those things where you hope they remember that too, but anyway, do you guys would would you guys like to do like a quick trivia before we backed out of this episode? Dungeons and Dragons? No, not really. That wouldn't be a quick trivia. <laughs> Come on. Yeah,
6: quick. Trivia. Corey said
2: no, so if it's really quick,
6: I'm just kidding, Josh.
2: <laughs>
6: I know it's a it's a rhetorical question.
2: <laughs> so, as of this moment, well, first of all, we'll go. Uh, what's what do you guys think is most fair? East to east, east to west, like. It's just a toss to spoiler man it's not a movie game review here so like what should we <laughs>
3: i'll go first yeah better.
2: you'll go first like that's not <laughs> yeah. east to west or what okay we'll just start jumping in here okay so the north to south the Ooh. cost of living in boise idaho is 31 f- percent more expensive than fort wayne
3: indiana mm, that's interesting
2: however my actual question the trivia question is the price of 12 eggs as of summer 2022 in boise idaho is
3: what i love it i love it price is right uh 12
2: eggs 12 eggs in idaho (laughs) in july 2012 sir in july (laughs) july
6: 285
7: 4th of july
2: okay Care to talk about how you came to this number or any explanation or do you just want to push it off to the next guy
3: i panicked there's so many different eggs i feel like they are be talking or- yeah, the organic I
6: buy the eggs free shit like what kind of regular like the i'm the, thinking those cheap. i buy cage free i'm thinking
3: this is like cpi index cheapest eggs money can buy like these guys don't have beaks like never see the light of day chickens
2: according to x pakistan a- expatistan.com Price of eggs, large. Twelve large. in Boise, Idaho. Is well, I didn't know it is large. Would you, would you like to change, Pappy? Or yeah. Are you good.
3: Two eighty six. Okay.
2: <laughs> Two eighty six. Okay. Uh, Pappy, since you volunteered, volunteer. Who mm. shall go second?
3: I like the north to south idea. So I think oh, that's wow. Stevie.
7: Pick me, my lord. Um. I feel like Boise has real Martin Supermarket energy. Uh, so I'll say um, 524.
2: All right, north to south, we would be going with Brett next. Uh, I cut my
5: rigid on, 311.
2: Brett, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 311, the band. <laughs> I think you, your sound sample should have gone a little longer for it to resonate, but.
5: Um, I didn't know enough. That's like, I stopped out of necessity.
2: <laughs> Kylo, what you got?
5: Amber is the color of the energy.
6: Whoa, whoa. There we go. Mm. I mean, if we're going with like the cheap shit eggs, like, I feel like they're really cheap. So I'm going to go 284. <gasps>
3: what if it's
0: 285? I'm going to shit my pants. Do the chickens have large talons? Do they have what? Large talons. I don't understand a word you just
1: said. Okay, you meet me back here about noon and uh, we'll have a
2: little lunch waiting for you. So, something that's really funny here, so, so funny, is that the price of 12 large eggs in Boise, Idaho is 2 dot something (laughs) oh wow I feel like pap really was zeroing in it yeah it's (laughs) 280 something let's go you initially guessed 285 and then you bumped it up to 286 because they're large because they're large and you should have gone ahead and bumped that up to 287 which is the oh correct answer goodness. Pappy you are one cent uh, off that's the best guess I ever get the price of six in Boise Idaho <laughs> take us out of this episode toss it to spoiler man do whatever you need to do
3: swear to god i didn't cheat that was just the best guess i've ever had on the history of spoilers um thanks again becky um make sure you eat some sloppy steaks like they do in this movie all of our listeners if you want to have your name or if you want to request a movie and ask an insanely personal question to us which we're obligated to answer (laughs) you can do that by listening very carefully to what spoiler man's about to tell you take it away spoiler man If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com spoilerspodcast.
5: Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com.
0: Sorry I'm late. I just got done taming a wild honeymoon stallion for you guys. Hmm.
5: Special thank you to our patrons. Druid King.
0: Thanks.
1: If I win, you could be my secretary or something. Matt Troll. He's a sledgehammer. Brother Brian.
2: And we're flying solo. You need somebody watching your back at all times.
1: Nick. I got sick. The Meg. That girl over there. David. Aren't you pretty good at drawing, like... Animals and warriors and stuff?
2: Nurse Stacy. Is there anything wrong? The
0: wolf. I see you're drinking 1%. Is that because you think you're fat? Barky 420. Well, what about that other girl? Davey
1: Kerr. That little guy right there. He is nipple number five. A good dairy cow should have like four.
0: Total movie recall
1: I don't understand You say You're not allowed to smash piñatas That look like real people But we do it in Mexico all the time
0: Spencer
1: I don't want to be president anyway PK If you vote for me All of your wildest dreams will come true Thank you
0: I, uh, would like to give you this advice, and a fellow gave me some years ago. He said when an argument arises, if you go outside and take a, a nice walk, you'll calm down and and then you can go back and there won't be an argument, and you'll find that helps your health. All that fresh air and exercise will do you a lot of good. Is there anything else you'd like to ask about? Pedro. Where the heck's Napoleon? I don't know. Flavonda, Lucas, you take Kiplin, Ronald, Dynamite, to be your lawful wedded husband, to honor in sickness and health. Till death do you part. I do. Kiplin, Ronald, Dynamite, do you take LaFonda, Lucas, to be your lawful wedded wife? In sickness and health, till death do you part? You know I do. By the authority vested in me, I pronounce you man and wife. You may kiss the bride. That was spoilers.